You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You're kind of embarrassing the team more. It's like, yeah, we're not even going to try. Don't worry about it. It's like not plugging in your little brother's controller when you play Mario. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready. Set. Hunt. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra with Brazilian Ty as we get set for week 19 in the CFL. I can't believe how fast the season has gone by, but Ty, I'm excited about the Montreal Expos getting to the World Series. Uh, yeah, with arguably the greatest starting uh, pitching rotation we've seen uh, since the mid 90s Braves it's it's been a hell of a lot of fun to watch that team or since the 2019 Houston Astros <laughs> no 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 Scherzer Strasburg like, these guys are better can they roll with Garrett Cole all seven games <laughs> well they're they definitely can't start Granky on the road so they might have to but hey let's be honest when Verlander pitches, everybody wins. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Oh, we both love baseball here. I'd love a Pedro Martinez or, uh, you know... Uh, Tim Raines got to throw out the first pitch or something like that. Come on, who wouldn't like that? Larry Walker? <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd be down with that, too. <laughs> Love that Canadian Gary, connection. Gary Carter? Yes. Oh, too soon. Too bad he's not with us anymore, but the, <laughs> the kid the kid is a legend. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of Montreal, they do have the Toronto Argonauts. The Owls are 10.5-point favorites. The over-under set at 53.5. Montreal did beat Toronto back in August. The touchdown Atlantic game in Moncton, 28-22 was the final score. All we know from Argo's practice so far this week is that McLeod Bethel-Thompson is set to start the game, but not finish. Dakota Prukop and Michael O'Connor are going to see time. We don't know how much time each quarterback is going to see, so it's probably not the best week to roll with McLeod Bethel-Thompson as your starting quarterback in your fantasy lineup. No, and he's the fourth highest uh, costing quarterback when it comes to fantasy wise, so it makes zero sense. Uh, as usual, the guys running the CFL fantasy game are right on top of things. Uh, and yeah, like you said, not the best week. And Prukop and O'Connor are going to get playing time, but I don't understand why they just give them each a half. I we think know so. what Bethel Thompson does, we know what he can do. Let's see what Prukop and Michael O'Connor have, get them the reps, and see if you want to run with one of these guys next year. The Alouettes' defense actually, they make plays, but they give up yards. There's no denying that. They Mm -hmm. have the second-worst pass defense in the league as far as yards against go, and they have the third-worst rushing defense in the league as far as yards go as well. So I I think there's an opportunity there for uh, the Argos to put up yards, but I just think there is a new 
excitement in Montreal. There's a new excitement at Percival Molson. These kids are going to get thrown right to the fire. So at least they know what it's going to be like when you're playing in some intense games against the playoff mm-hmm. team. They're not just going in against the second team defense, Prukop and O'Connor here. No, this this crowd is going to be amped up. The, the team is going to be amped up. Uh, you know, they, this is something that we haven't seen in Montreal in a long time. And... You know, like you said, they're not going to be going up against the second team defense. These guys, they still need to get their reps. It's only week 19. If it was week, you know, 21, 22, we'd, we'd be looking at it where, yeah, this would be a really good opportunity to get backups in and, and rest guys and, and save injuries. But, I mean, this, they're going to be, like, I, I just... I just I, I just can't get over the fact that they're going to host a home playoff game in Montreal. <laughs> Especially oh. since I called it. All the home, all the playoff teams are set in the CFL, so it's kind of interesting to see how the East teams are going to handle the next few weeks because mm-hmm. their position isn't moving. But the, the the main goal has to be for these teams to stay healthy, but I'm assuming they're going to yes. stay pretty vanilla. They're not going to get any of those crazy gadget plays in. We've seen Kahari go for it at interesting times, trying to go for the win. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to see that anymore until the playoffs. You could almost treat this as a preseason somewhat. Like you're, I, I think you still have to play starters. You want them to get reps. It's a little too early to start resting, guys. I mean, you, you could rest, you know, some guys and kind of do a rotation thing like you would see like with load management in the NBA and stuff like that. Uh, But I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of basic stuff. Uh, And, you know, if it's, if it's third and two, third and three, you might see teams go for it in a, in a, in a point in the game where you normally wouldn't, but just to work on those plays and stuff like that, we're going to see some weird tendencies or, or weird calls that aren't that don't go with the tendencies for that situation. I think might be the only different thing we see. We talk about load management, and I think that's kind of what the Owls have done with William Standback. I think he's he's been banged up. He missed last week, mm-hmm. so he was splitting splitting uh, first team reps with Jeremiah Johnson at practice again this week. I mean, if you want to put a bet down on a cheaper guy, maybe Jeremiah Johnson is that guy. He's always had a nose for the end zone. Standback is banged up, and the Argos have the worst rush defense in the league, giving up over 120 yards a game on the ground. So maybe mm-hmm. Johnson is a, a good one here. A little bit of a thunder and lightning situation they have in the Alouette's backfield. And and in nine games in his career against the Argos, he's averaged 15.7 fantasy points. Not too shabby. And at, at you know... $1,400 cheaper than William Stanback. It's quite the value pick if he produces. And we saw it a couple weeks ago. You know, they split carries, but Johnson still found the end zone. And, it does, and you know, finding the end zone is what adds to the value. just adds so much more value, I should say. Uh, and like you said, Montreal does give up the yards. So Toronto, their running backs and receivers could, could put up numbers. Uh, but if they're not going to finish drives, I mean, that's 10 catches for... Well, I mean, SJ's an outlier. He gets targeted so much. But, I mean, if you can find a guy like a Jake Wenicke 
uh, is for Montreal and the Toronto roster where you know, like, probably Armani Edwards, like, where they're just going to find him in the end zone or, you know, in the scoring areas. It, it just makes that much better of a pick. Well, back in touchdown Atlantic, Quan Bray was kind of up and coming and becoming mm-hmm. one of those reliable targets for Vernon Adams Jr. I believe he had like five catches, 91 yards, and a touchdown. So there is opportunity there. If the Owls aren't going to be resting guys yet, they might just want to put on a put on a show for those uh, fans at Percival Molson and just light up the Argos who are giving up 320 yards through the air. That's they've been one of the historically one of the worst defenses in CFL history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there could be some fantasy monsters for the Owls this week. And people are gonna be like, and people are gonna get mad if they run up a score, but it's not Montreal's job to stop scoring. It's Toronto's job to stop them. Yeah, I don't and think they're I mean, gonna put up sixty or anything, but <laughs> no, I don't. Well, I mean, let's let's. I mean, that's not totally out of the question. But like we've seen it in sports, uh, namely in the Olympics, Sweden against Finland, a gold medal game had a, had a five on three, and they didn't even take a shot <laughs> because it was already four nothing. Like that's imba- you're. You're kind of embarrassing the team more. It's like, yeah, we're not even going to try. Don't worry about it. It's like not plugging in your little brother's controller when you play Mario. (laughs) Yeah, you're just – it's like you're fighting a guy, you know, three feet shorter than you and you're just holding him away with the hand on his head. That's all you're doing. It's like you've done that. It's like you've done that in junior high maybe. (laughs) Is it one of the two people on this show? I don't know. (laughs) Well, maybe. Legend has it. <laughs> well, I had a growth spurt and I stopped growing in grade seven, and I've been the same ever since. So, <laughs> yeah, and your beard hasn't changed. <laughs> your beard might be shorter now. I think you might be losing beard hair. Uh, we talk about the excitement in Montreal, where pre-sales started this week for home games in the playoffs across the CFL, and they've already sold 10,000 tickets in the pre-sale for their home playoff game. Tickets went on sale to the public today. I don't know if they're going to be opening up the tarped areas at Percival Molson, but it will be cool to see the stadium full again because you know what i think the eastern playoffs are going to sell out they're probably going to be over capacity at tim horton's field with that social section they added in the end zone i don't think i know we've got bigger stadiums in the west as far as regina calgary and winnipeg go but i don't think the semifinals are going to sell out in any of those cities maybe the western final in regina or winnipeg but it's good to see some excitement in the East. Wait, are you saying that Calgary is not going to be hosting the West Final? Well, I'm saying that if they do, it's not going to sell out. Oh, okay. I think I they will be hosting a bold the West prediction Final. There. No, I, I'm not. I know too much not to pick against the Stampeders. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is fair. Um, let's go to BC where the Lions are host to the Rough Riders. The Riders are 7.5-point favorites. The over-under set at 47.5. The Riders stomped BC this season, outscoring them by a combined score of 83-43. to uh, Starting at Rider practice, where Zach Evans wasn't there on Wednesday. He's battling the flu, but Micah Johnson has not been there this week due to an ankle injury. Zach will travel with the team, so we'll see how he feels on game day, but I think this is big for the Ryder 
offensive line. Philip Blake was back from a broken leg and was practicing with the first teamers at right guard, which is crazy. Their offensive line has performed really well. Young guys in there, Bladdock, uh, Dakota Shepley in there. But now they're getting the vets back in there, Labatt, Blake, right before the playoffs. There's some real depth at that position with the young guys getting valuable experience this season. And if you can get, uh, you know, young guys, we see it in the NFL especially that the O-line is such a huge part of the draft. And those young guys have to come in. And I know the rosters are bigger, but they come in and they they have to be able to perform. And, and it's really tough. And in the CFL, you don't have to come in so quick. I mean, the poaching off practice roster and stuff isn't nearly as bad. Uh, but, you know, they had a really great opportunity this year with – and I, I, I shouldn't say great opportunity. The young kids or, or, you know, the younger guys had opportunities due to the injuries uh, that were on that offensive line. And they, like you said, performed really well. And they've got that experience now where, you know – if, if they need to go on a run, we've seen it, and we know that they are going to be able to fill in a hole, and it just gives them more flexibility on that offensive line too, uh, where they can move guys around and get guys into uh, preferable positions. Cameron Judge is going to draw back into the lineup this week as well. I don't know if enough can be said about his performance this season. Mm-hmm. To me, he almost sort of looks like... A, a wily veteran that's been playing this game for a long time. He's only 24 years old, <laughs> so he's got a lot of yeah. years of football ahead of him, but he's had 53 tackles uh, on the season, already more than he had last year, four sacks, an interception, a fourth fumble. You get that from your Canadian wide side linebacker, and you're laughing. Absolutely, and I, I thought the defense looked like they missed him. They didn't uh, have know, as much I fire. Only, I don't think. I know think. it was only a two. I know it was only a two-point game, but I mean, when you don't have Cameron Judge in that game, and all of a sudden Micah Johnson goes down, it just and it makes it way easier for the for the offensive line to shut down Charleston Hughes. The defense didn't, just didn't have that quite the same bite uh, as it does when everybody's in there. And I know, yeah, if, if everybody's in there, it's a totally different story. But I mean, I, I noticed Cameron Judge uh, early that he wasn't there. And, I, I mean, that just goes to show how much better he is than, you know, he who shall not be named. <laughs> the guy dishes out hits, too. The one he had yeah. on Strebler a few weeks ago. And you know what? I started thinking about this season. There have been some thunderous hits. A, a lot of them get flagged, I will say that. Odell on Kilgore last week. Chris Rainey's mm-hmm. hit, which... <laughs> It's he had. Have we heard anything from that? I gotta. <laughs> I have to say that he probably had a fifty-five yard head start on that hit because <laughs> he was in the end zone. And then when they when they lined up for the flag, he started jogging towards the line and just destroyed the receiver. So Josh, our friends from our friend from Oski Wee Wee. Yeah. Posted the posted the gif of the hit. Yeah. Or it might have been the video. I'm not sure. There is actual people out there that said that it wasn't Rainey's fault he hit him in the head because the receiver ducked. Wow. The receiver's head does not move. 
I don't. If you're drinking the same Kool-Aid as Rod Peterson, and I told myself I wouldn't say his name on this on this episode, but I just after that video you sent me yesterday, I'm so done. Um, he apologized today. I I don't accept it. Uh, Chris Rainey had, like you said, had, if Tory Krug's going to get called for charging or not, or you know people are going to want Tory Krug called for charging, give him one of the Stanley Cup Finals. Because it's predatory. What's this called? How, how is this? It's a blatant headshot. He he hits not like I would get it if it was face mask to face mask. Yeah, I'd I'd be a little like, yeah, it's whatever. I mean, that's going to happen. He keeps his head up. He's not leading with the head, but to lower his head like he does, crown of the helmet right to basically the jaw. It it felt like I know it wasn't, but I mean to lower the crown and to target a guy's head. He's lucky he wasn't tossed. And he's lucky he didn't get fined or suspended that we know of yet. But the fact that nothing—the fact that nothing come, has come out yet—just leads me to believe the fact that nothing's going to happen. I think the best hit of the season has been the Bola Combo hit. I, I don't think that oh, one. My. I thought was it was a flagged. headshot when you sent it to me. I don't think it was flagged, and I, I think they made the right call no. on that one. It was—it was just a beautiful textbook hit. So there's been some hard yep. hits in 2019, and as of the recording of this show. No fines have been announced yet. And considering what happened in the BC-Edmonton game, considering the Chris Rainey hit, considering actually what happened in the Saskatchewan-Calgary game, maybe they just have a lot to deal with because these fines are usually announced Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) It looks like they're taking some extra time to get this all figured out. (laughs) Like after week one or two, they probably should have been like, you know, we need to hire more people in the player safety department because this is going to be a busy year. Have we we have if if they don't have anything come out of this week, it might be the first clean week. Oh, there's no way there's nothing coming out of this week, man. This was the dirtiest <laughs> week of the year. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just saying. Well, no, the, we know believe I Mitchell's going to get fined. He has to, right? So. Right. There's got to be, yeah, there'll be something. There was a solid Elamimian hit last week against Calgary, too. He is back in the form. I really hope this is not his last season. But a cool wrinkle around this game is that Ed Ganey actually played against Danny O'Brien in high school. I, I don't have the How stats. How old is Danny O'Brien? <laughs> Ganey's been around the league. I I don't know the stats <laughs> no offense from to Ed that Ganey, time, but, but Jesus, <laughs> he's twenty nine years old. Oh, that's he's actually older than I thought. But he's been with Edmonton for quite some time. Yeah, before uh, getting with well, we've the seen him. BC we've seen him year. stand around on the sideline a lot from our seats <laughs> in, at Commonwealth. And uh, Ed Ganey is actually only 29 years old as well. So uh, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> as for BC, the team confirmed that both Mike Riley and Aaron Grimes are both done for the season. Riley having the wrist surgery and Aaron Grimes having the knee surgery. If you look back to the two games in August, Shaq Evans lit up the Lions at the Mosaic Stadium game. Uh, five catches, 158 yards, and a touchdown. But William Powell lit up the Lions at BC Place. 146 yards, three touchdowns. He actually had a rushing touchdown against the Lions at the Mosaic Stadium game as well. Um, well, Powell doesn't get used as much as we thought he would. He did back in July against the Lions. 
They mm-hmm. they definitely look to him when they get near the end zone, and it's paid off. And in five games against BC in his career, and I know people look at that five games, but he was injured quite a bit with Ottawa. Uh, 20.5 he averages, so he's, he's finding the end zone against BC. And at just under $7,900, it's not that bad of a value. No, he's not. He doesn't cost all that much. He's cost more at times this season and in the past. Um, yeah, I, and used three times. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I gotta say, I you can't pay that price for Brian Burnham anymore. He, he's going to see the no, targets, not without Mike Riley. No, he's going to see the targets. But that being said, O'Brien. He probably should look better this week with a full week of starting reps under his belt. Uh, the game plan for him, uh, hopefully he, he does better. At least it's at home. I, I feel like if this game was at Mosaic Stadium, it wouldn't be a very good spot for him to be in at all. Oh, my God. He, <laughs> like it, it would be so bad. Um over under fantasy points for Daniel Bryan. Over under his career average. I won't tell you what it is. I just want you to pick career under average. Bryan. How many starts does he yeah. even have? None. Well, like just yeah, but well, okay. It's career I'm gonna average guess. games played. I'm gonna guess. Remember, he had that two touchdown performance last week. Oh wow, that's true. Two rushing TDs. Yeah, I'm gonna guess the over under at one and a half. <laughs> Oh, it's a 1.7. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> 1.7 is a career average because he doesn't get any reps. Here's a so, prop bet for you. Uh-oh. Who scores more, Danny O'Brien or the Ryder defense at Fantasy? Oh, okay. Oh, in Fantasy? Yes. I thought you just meant like on the field. I'm like, well, I'll be counting Danny O'Brien touchdown passes. Uh, oof. I think the Riders' defense, I think they're going to take two back. And you know what? I just came up with this right now. A lot of people go with the zero defense strategy. <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah. The zero quarterback strategy this week. <laughs> well, let's take a look at... because I Quarterbacks mean, are becoming real expensive. Ver- Vernon Adams Jr., $10,928. Yeah. K. Granted... You're going to get pretty decent value out of that playing Toronto. You're not going to start McLeod Bethel-Thompson. Vajardo's over ten grand. Bo Levi Mitchell's at 9500 James Franklin, I don't even know why I have him on this list. <laughs> Dane Evans is almost eighty five. Yeah, he's Daniel getting Bryan's up there, at five too. grand. Will Arndt at 5000 Chris Trevler at 9335 Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Do you just go no quarterback and absolutely load up everywhere else? I, I'd love to see if somebody did that. <laughs> well, you know what's going to happen now. <laughs> if I inspired be, that. <laughs> I'm going to be in the dentist chair tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm going to be s- like, Travis has a really good point. <laughs> I'm going to end up with 40 points this week. <laughs> Oh, I hope they give you the good stuff after the dentist, buddy. <laughs> I don't. I won't even. You know what? I'm so tough. I'm not even gonna get it frozen this time. 
Oh, because it's the root canal tooth. Shut up. <laughs> this episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. This runs from October 19th to February 17th in Edmonton. It features more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. Actually, 2019 marks the 80th anniversary of Marvel, and I've been to the Science Center when they have the Star Wars exhibit, and they had an Indiana Jones exhibit. If you're a fan of Marvel at all, you got to get out to the Science Center for this, where you can see rare, hand-drawn images of iconic heroes like Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain America. Buy your tickets today at tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. If you're coming from outside of Edmonton, there's actually a hotel deal for you right on the website. It's the only place in Canada to see this exhibition. Visit tellusworldofscienceedmonton.ca. I have a real quick question about about the uh, about the uh, uh, Indiana Jones one you went to. Oh yeah, okay. Would you say that that belonged in a museum? <laughs> All of the stuff there actually came from museums. They didn't only have Indiana Jones stuff. They had real, like, historical artifacts there. It was fascinating. If you're a nerd, tell us World of Science Edmonton. I have a blast in the kids section alone before I even well, get to yeah, the other stuff. Yeah, it's more your speed. <laughs> get this. The Ticats, 17.5-point favorites over the Ottawa Red Blacks this week. The over-under set at 51.5, but the last time these two teams played, it was well over, under 51.5, with the Ticats mm-hmm. beating Ottawa 21-7. to Probably going to take the under again this week. Will Arndt is set to start at quarterback again. He actually... I think he looked better than the last couple uh, quarterbacks that they've trotted out there. I I do have a story about Will Arndt that I can't tell in the air, but I will tell you after, and it is it is gold, and it just epitomizes what we were talking about, how he's like one of the nicest guys and nobody has anything bad to say about him. Then why can't you tell it on the air? Because it's inappropriate. <laughs> Is there a censored version you can tell? You can't bring that up. Um, I'll you go. I'll find the text message that I got from our source. Okay, whose name will go, you know, redacted. Jimmy, but it rhymes rhymes with uh, Gint Narat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, you can figure that out. Good on you. <laughs> running back John Crockett was back on the practice field again this week, but probably not ready to go. Rick Campbell said he'd be shocked if Crockett doesn't get back on the field this season, so we'll probably see him in the next few weeks here. Um, there was an interview with the OSAG president, and... It was actually really refreshing. I actually think Ottawa fans are really lucky that the owners of this team, the manager of the managers of this team are so engaged with their fan base mm-hmm. and I get it. 
Ottawa fans have been angry this season, but those Osage guys are still there to listen and take all of this criticism head on. So I think thumbs up to them. But there was an interesting tidbit from the interview that said general manager Marcel Desjardins is going to spend within $5,000 of the salary cap and their quarterbacks are John Jennings and Dom Davis. If that's true, doesn't that mean he should be outed? <laughs> you can spend within $5,000 of the salary cap. That's great. What are you spending it on? That's the question. It has to be quality. And I know that, you know, I don't know if they tried to sign Trevor Harris. We, we don't really know what happened there. But if... If they believed that Dom Davis and John Jennings were going to replace Trevor Harris, then Desjardins should have been fired before the season opened. Okay, let's look at their receiving core. Uh, R.J. Harris, Caleb Hawley, Dominic Rimes. Those guys aren't making big money. Brad Sinopoli, probably yep. the highest paid player on the offense. And and I hate to say it, expendable. Outside of a quarterback anyway. But that... The running backs, John Crockett, Moses Madu, Brendan Gillanders, and Greg Morris. Those guys aren't getting paid much. Uh, Will Arndt, probably not. Dom Davis, John Jennings, eh, not too much. Um, looking through the rest of the roster, <laughs> where's this money going? I assume they had to pay Chaffee, uh, some guys on the injured list. Mm-hmm. Like, like Pruneau, there's some offensive linemen there. But, like, you look at it, the Oilers are basically a cap team. And what do we have? We got, you know, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and a goaltender who can't see in his net. <laughs> you got to plug and play everywhere else. So I, so I don't know. You, you can that. spend up to the cap, but you have to spend it. Wisely. responsibly and, and you know find guys that are going to play up to the level you need them to and you know try to find value and try to find guys that you know I don't want to say reclamation projects but like where they're not getting looks from the other teams in the league where you can pay them a little less get them on the roster and it turns out that they can still play they're going to need to find guys like that because if they're going to if they're going to give raises to people just for the sake of getting to the cap so they can say they did it then what what are we doing? Well, yeah, as far as I know, it was a money thing with Trevor Harris. I, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it was. And you, you have a short and career, I, you got to go make money. Do you, do you think Trevor Harris puts his team in the playoffs this year? I don't think so. I, I don't think so either without, well, if Harris stays, does Ellingson stay? Because that's, then that's a different conversation. Well, Edmonton's on by this week, and there have been reports out of Edmonton that they are up against it and possibly have overspent when it comes to the salary cap. And there have been a ton of injuries in Edmonton. I, I get why that can be tough to juggle the salary so cap Harris that way. Trevor Harris definitely isn't coming back early off the sixth game. That's exactly what I'm thinking. He's not coming back to play the Riders so the, over the so, next so two the, weeks. So. So that the penalty is is as small as they can get it. Exactly. 
So I, they're rolling with Kilgore against the Riders if the reports of the salary cap issues are true. Because if the Riders lost to BC, which, I mean, it's in the realm of possibility. Um, oh, isn't it, though? <laughs> and then, well, basically the Riders would have to lose out and then the Eskers would have to beat them too straight. They could go through the West playoffs, but... <sighs> I don't know if they want to with the way the salary cap is. I'm kind of shocked about some of the salary cap news that has been uh, mm-hmm. come out over the last little while. And and Dave Naylor made the point, because he has been talking about the XFL salaries and the minimums and everything like that. We need to start knowing what... what and I, I know guys probably don't want it published because some of it, people make more money than they do. We know what the minimum, minimum salary is. And, you know... It it sucks. It's not the best, but wouldn't it help to know what everybody's getting paid against the cap? Yeah. Like, why is that such a bad thing? Well, and I think for perception as well, because uh, the a lot of the CFL guys are going to be making significantly more money than the XFL guys, but mm-hmm. there's a perception out there that guys in the CFL are, you know making 200 bucks a game or whatever. So, yeah. Uh but I think to let's, fix that. Let's too. wait and see how long the XFL lasts before we start sounding the sirens. Yeah. They do seem more realistic with their their prices and uh I think Vince yeah. is more stubborn than any of the guys <laughs> that uh, ran the AAF. I just don't know where he's going to find guys that don't have criminal records. <laughs> That's going to be a tough one to <laughs> find. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks actually have a thousand-yard receiver. Well, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers don't. Mm-hmm. How does that work? And it's Dominic Rhymes, by the way. Uh, Darvin Adams has missed time. Chris Strebler can't throw the football. Yeah, it's it's not that surprising when you look at like once Matt Nichols went down, that offense is a shell of itself. At the same time, what would have Dominic Rhymes done this season, or what will he do in the future with a good quarterback? I I don't think he would lead the league lead the league, but I think he'd be in conversation for. I think he'd be top five. The guy might have a Mookie Mitchell two thousand yard season. <laughs> hey, here we go. Friend of the show, Mookie Mitchell. Uh, Unofficially. Uh, uh, we just took a picture with him. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah, that's a friend of the show. <laughs> RJ, <laughs> that's all <it> RJ <laughs> Harris had ten targets last week. Maybe he's one of the cheaper guys to get into your lineup because we all know mm-hmm. that those guys aren't uh they're coming around too often this part of the season. Yep, $5,999, uh, four games against Hamilton in his career. He's averaged 11.1. He's actually the highest uh, points per game fantasy-wise on Ottawa this week. <laughs> wow. Uh, unless you count Will Arndt at 14, but he hasn't started against Hamilton yet. So, I mean, and it's right, it's right around his 10.5 career average. For fantasies, so I mean, he's probably going to be the one safe bet in that offense because I don't know what they're doing. We don't, we still don't know what they're doing at running back. We don't know what, like, I mean, Dominic Rhymes 4.8, Brad Sinopoli in 14 games against Hamilton, 4.7 points per game. 
4.7. Wow. <laughs> and he's he is $300, just over $300 less than RJ Harris. And that big of a discrepancy. If Madhu so, doesn't go again, do you like Gillanders or Morris? I think it's six and one half a dozen the other. I mean, there's a thousand dollar difference. Gillanders is going to cost you thirty five hundred. Greg Morris costs you twenty five hundred. Uh, you know, Gillanders four point two points per game in four games played against Hamilton is, and their career averages are three point six and three point two. And I mean, Morris averages one point nine against Hamilton. So you really just got to hope for for carries and that they can find the end zone and and just hope you get a cheap value pick out of one of the two. But I, I would I would lean towards Gillanders. He got involved into the passing game more last week, and his mm-hmm. fourth quarter got him up to 12 points, and now they've upped his salary by 1000 bucks. So if, But if, I think if you would have got him in before the salary goes up, I think it still stays the same. Right, right. But uh, I think it went up after his success last week. Oh, um, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morris, he only had three carries last week, but 36 yards. I love the way he runs. So maybe they'll give him more this week, but it's it's one of those flipping the coins things, and you never like to do that unless you really have to. Oh, it, the handcuff. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Hamilton. It's never fun. Where, where things do remain quiet on the Luke Tasker front, but it just seems like they really don't need him with the receiving core they have right now. But I got to think. Could they afford to bring him back now? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> With all the salary cap talk that's been uh, going on across the league. I got to think that Tyrell Sutton is only going to get the ball more and more. The mm-hmm. Ticats are coming off a bye week here. So he's had another week to sort of get these terms and get the offense and study and get it under his belt. Tyrell Sutton is fresh. He's only caught one or two games with the Ticats. So if they want to run all over Ottawa, they're giving up 118 yards on the ground, one of the best offensive lines in the league. And comparatively to other running backs, he's pretty cheap. Yeah, only $6,226, 10 games against Ottawa in his career, 11.2 points per game, right around his career average of 12.2. And if he finds the end zone, I mean... I, I see no issue with him carrying the ball 18 to 20 times, no. putting up 130 yards and scoring a touchdown or two. I, I see that happening quite easily against this Ottawa defense. The Ticats actually could set a franchise record in wins this week if they get by Ottawa. So that just shows how good of a season it's been. And they don't play the Torontos and Ottawas every week. They've beat some real good mm-hmm. teams here. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it all. Oh, they're in the East. You get to put the the schedule's relatively balanced now with with nine teams, where it's especially for an Eastern team, they got to play ten games outside their division. Yeah, so you're playing eight game. You're playing eight games against the three other teams. So really, you're only playing one team or two teams three times. Uh, and yeah, you take advantage of that. But I mean, they've they have beat some really good teams. Uh, you know, especially in, in the West Division. So, I, I just, I'm, I'm changing. I might have changed my Great Cup pick. Wouldn't that be something? If Dane Evans wins the Hamilton Tiger Cats the Great Cup, like this, if if Dane Evans, well, I guess 
I know voting is done at the end of the regular season, but is Dane Evans going to get looks for MOP? Well, if he wins the Grey Cup, they can't go back to Mazzoli, can they? Yeah, you can. <laughs> Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, and they've they traded him. <laughs> That's true. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Carson Wentz came back from injury, started the next year, and then they traded Foles in the off season. <laughs> they to uh, Jacksonville, where he broke his collarbone. There's been rumors that Mazzoli might be one of those guys that signs in the XFL. We we don't know what this injury does to him, but June June I bet you June Jones June Jones makes quite the push for him. And he already signed Jalen Saunders, who has mm-hmm. had success in Hamilton as well. So June Jones knows what these guys are about, and who knows if Mazzoli ends up going there. That'll be a situation to watch for sure. Last game of the week is the game of the week. It is going to be a slugfest. I'm taking the under all the way here. Well, yeah, because Calgary's Calgary's not going to score 51 points on their own. <laughs> the Calgary Stampeders are seven and a half point favorites over the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The over under at 50 and a half. It's actually the first matchup of the season between Winnipeg and Calgary. We start with the Bombers, where Richie Hall is back with the team after the sudden passing of his brother. The defense was back on track last week, having Richie back. I got to assume they're going to continue, at least try to continue, down mm-hmm. that path. And going to the offense, Zach Calero saw live action at practice this week. Do you think he starts Whoa. a game this season? Uh, oh boy, maybe. O'Shea says it's Strevler's team. I'm inclined to believe him. I don't believe a word Mike O'Shea <laughs> says anymore. <laughs> but if there's a team that was designed for Zach Caleros to succeed at this point in his career, this might be the team. Yeah, I can lean on Andrew Harris. Uh, Zach's not as mobile as he once was and, you know, a little susceptible to injury. But, I mean, you can lean on Andrew Harris, which is going to slow down the pass rush, which, you know, just opens up so much more for him. And he's been around this league long enough. I mean, you don't forget how to read a defense. No. And if any if you have time and you're, you know, an average quarterback, you can still make plays. And Zach, I don't want to call Zach average. Uh, but I mean, we haven't seen him be what he's what he was in what was that 2014 or 2013 before all the injuries started mounting up. We haven't seen him return to that yet, so I would be inclined to say it's probably a little bit of a, a regression to the mean. But you give you give him time. You give well, we've seen it with Dane Evans getting time in the pocket. They're 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 able to make plays. They're not scrubs back there. Darvin Adams missed consecutive practices this week, so Lucky Whitehead was in his spot on Wednesday. Adams has been getting a lot of vet days lately, so I'm pretty sure he's banged up right now. Mm -hmm. It's definitely something to watch. Who isn't at this time of year, though, either? Yeah. Uh, Mike Miller and Adam Big Hill didn't participate in practice on Wednesday, but Jamarcus Hardrick, Kyrie Wilson, and Drew Walatarski were back at it. The... Bombers ran all over Montreal last week. Mm-hmm. That is going to be tough to do against Calgary, who are actually mm-hmm. one of four teams 
to give up less than 100 yards a game on the ground, the others being Hamilton, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Winnipeg is in a league of their own when it comes to rush defense, but the Stampeders just under 91 yards a game. You have two giant human beings on that defensive line that are impossible (laughs) to hold back. I think... I'm really intrigued to see what Paul Lapolis has up his sleeve for a game plan here. The only thing is, like you say, Calgary is one of the four teams that doesn't allow 100 yards on the ground. With Winnipeg, their rush offense is more balanced, I find. with It is. Uh, with uh, Strevler as quarterback because he can take off. He can lead the game in rushing or it can be Andrew Harris. They could almost, you know do the same when it comes stat-wise. So, I mean, it's really hard to decide who you're going to stop on the ground, and it just allows four teams to maybe get that extra little bit of uh, yardage. And, you know, they could put up numbers. I, I don't see that being an issue on the ground. I I just don't think they can win the game running the ball 70% of the time. The Stamps had a rough start to the season starting the run, but they've definitely mm-hmm. recovered on that front, uh, it's just going to be a slugfest, I think. They were back. They had their swagger back last week. Winnipeg did. They were back on their game. But if they have the same turnovers they had against Montreal, they're not going to win. And it's going to be tough to get the same amount of turnovers out of Bo Mitchell than it is out of Vernon Adams, which they did last week as well. So they need to get off to a fast start, I think, and have some special team success, which is easier said than done as well with Rob Maver, the one punting the ball for the Stampeders. Oh, like, can he start hanging out with John Ryan a little bit? So they sail through the end zone instead of out at the five? (laughs) Either that or the other way around where maybe John Ryan's punts start going out at the five. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Calgary where I think we got to give a shout out to Alex Singleton for getting promoted to the active Mm -hmm. roster for the Philadelphia Eagles. I guess they didn't lie to him. He was on a plane. He was going to get back to Calgary and get back into the lineup. But they said, look, we're not going to keep you on the practice roster all year. You're going to play. And he is going to play now for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's cool to see. Well, and linebacker is such a physical position uh, where you need to have guys that are ready to go into the lineup anytime. And I don't know if he's going to get a lot of defensive snaps, but I, I do think... Uh, that uh, you know, with the, with the amount special teams plays, uh, it's. I don't want to say it's as important as it is in the CFL because it's not. Uh, you can flip field position, but I mean, kickoff sail through the end zone, and every other punt is a fair catch anyway. But I mean, it's going to be good to, for him to get reps, and you know, maybe he does find his way into the defensive lineup instead of just special teams. I don't know what he what the depth chart's going to be like with for him, but I would just assume starting off will be special teams looks uh, early on. Marcus Ball got into his first action of 2019 last week, and now he's out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL. But the DB I'm waiting for news on is Trey Roberson. Mm-hmm. He left the game against Saskatchewan a week ago, hasn't practiced this week, and Dave Dickinson did not offer an update I'm going to guess it's going to be one of those situations where the Stamps release the depth chart 
on Friday. And that's what we see with Trey Roberson, whether he gets added mm-hmm. to the six game or the one game. Either way, big loss for the secondary. It, that's huge. Uh, you know, and we, we were talking about him, you know, it was early on in the year, like three week three, talking about there was a shot that where he could be, you know, a defense, like he was going to be a defensive all-star, but to yeah. the fact where he could almost be defensive player of the year. We we didn't think the numbers would keep up, but you know if because at some point quarterbacks are going to stop throwing to his side of the field. Uh, but yeah, it's a huge loss and just an anchor on that back end where you know that secondary has been scary the last few years and you know they they lost guys like Tommy Campbell and and you know having Trey Robertson back there just lessened that blow and maybe even I don't want to say made it better but it just made you not even really miss Tommy Campbell. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers are giving up less than 70 yards a game on the ground. Yeah, because Willie Jefferson can be 15 feet away from you and still get a hand (laughs) on you. The Calgary Stampeders are actually bottom three as far as rushing offense goes. They're tied with Ottawa. They can't pick a running back. And they average, and they can't stay healthy, and they average four games more four yards more a game than Toronto. Less than 78 Ugh. yards a game on the ground. I think they should just start um, anti-Milanovic leader and just count that position a loss and just start another American in the receiving core. <laughs> yeah, at this point. <laughs> but like, the- not only not only is everybody getting hurt, but when, when the guys are healthy, they're getting like six, seven carries. There's that. There's that. But, well, like, so, so that doesn't help either. But that like, I didn't realize said, Jacques Chapdelaine, like I said a couple weeks ago, was the OC for all nine teams now. And th- that being said, I I said that they should start another American. The Stampeders, the reason they're succeeding is because of their Canadian talent. Hergie Canadian, Ma- yes. Hergie Mayala is playing amazing. Royce Mechie is playing out of his mind. So... <laughs> Some, Except on the William Powell touchdown. Yeah, there's some Canadian contribution happening in Calgary as well. I just don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball against Winnipeg. So they're probably going to be throwing, which this is crazy. The Stampeders actually lead the league in passing yards per game at 310 yards a game. And I know they've got Bo Mitchell at quarterback, but he doesn't seem to... He threw for 464 against Montreal a few weeks ago. He doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to... They don't seem to get the flashy yards. Well, they don't need to. They just get it done. That's all that counts. Everybody knows... like That whole offense runs like a well-oiled machine. Guys are... In in the spots they're supposed to be, you don't see a lot of you know miscommunication between Bo and his receivers. Uh, you know he's throwing the ball as soon like before they're in cuts or before they're out of their cuts and stuff like that. And you know they he can he doesn't have to he doesn't have to find those thirty forty yard receptions. He can find the five or ten yarder. And when you have guys uh, like Reggie Bagleton and Eric Rogers and uh, Josh Huff and guys like that, they can make people miss and gain extra yards that way, or you don't have to rely on the big play. 
These are the best two teams in the CFL as far as penalties go. Uh, the Stamps have taken 125, and the Bombers 116, the least penalized team in the Canadian Football League. So I think this is going to be a clean game. So, of game. course, Al Bradbury is going to ref this one <laughs> and totally we'll, screw those numbers up. We'll, we'll fix that in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's going to be a smash-mouth game. It's going to be a close game. I think I don't think anybody's going to get smashed in this one, but I think the the Bombers' strategy has to be the same as it has been, keeping Bo Levi Mitchell off of the field, time of possession, mm-hmm. rushing the ball, which is easier said than done against Calgary, but Paul Lapalise is one that can do it. I think we should really think about Darvin Adams missing this game, and if he does... It's going to be hard for him to put up any big numbers, I think, like when you yeah. want 140 yards and two touchdowns. But Rashid Bailey has only started two games this season. Each game, he's had five catches. And is averaging 11.5 points. That's not bad. Not bad at all. And at 2500 bucks, he could be a really good value pick. He actually might be... One that's going to be in every different version of my lineup that I create. Now that I say that, everybody will get him in and he'll have a nice 2.3 point game. But yep. I'm willing and to risk then we'll, it. And then we'll get another <laughs> review saying the fantasy advice sucks and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> we'll be back to talk our pick'em and fantasy after this. If you're an Albertan, chances are you love our forests. With more than 60% of the province covered in them, they're where we play, explore, and work. Over 40,000 Albertans are employed because of our sustainable forestry industry. And before a single tree is harvested, we plan 200 years ahead to ensure healthy forests for years to come. Why? Because you nurture what you love. Learn more at loveabforests.ca. Let's start with Pickham. I'm taking all the home teams. What about you? Oh, wow. Um... Uh... No, I'm going to take Saskatchewan. Oh crap! Sorry, I don't have all the home no, teams. No, no, these are these are official. I, I, you can't. <laughs> I get Saskatchewan no. and the rest of the home. When you teams. said it, that's why I paused. I was like, uh, <laughs> I got Sask and the rest like. of the home teams. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Montreal, Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, Hamilton and Calgary. Yeah, we're going to be the same this week. And don't tell me they are official because. You are you change I at least one or on two games all the time, <laughs> and usually for the worse. <laughs> Not true. There's been like two weeks this year where I would have went two and two, but I made the changes and went four and zero. Oh. <laughs> uh, the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge this week. I've got Brian from BC Lions Den, and you have Andrew from the Eskimo Empire Podcast. I'm trying to keep pace with Ryan from Canadian Football Countdown for first. This is a big pivotal matchup for you to get back into the mix. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in. The, I'm in fourth. Yep. I'm in. A, I'm in a playoff spot. I don't need to finish first overall. You know, we've seen lots of teams in every league finish first overall, have great years, and and fail in the playoffs. And if we know anything about me, I'm a great cup performer. <laughs> uh, you know, my summers are usually the lull in my in my season. Then we get to great cup, and uh, I'm all guns a blazing and just come through in the clutch. So uh, I just 
I don't trust the fact that he's not going to get 130 points and I'm going to end up with 50 again. <laughs> okay, what's your lineup look like then? Well, I have a quarterback for now, but that could change. The zero uh, quarterback, do it. <laughs> I, might, I might try it. So right now it's Dane Evans, uh, Milanovic leader, Tyrell Sutton, Braylon Addison, Jake Wenicke, and William Powell with no defense. Uh, trying to pick on Ottawa and Toronto a little bit. And I know Winnipeg can... Uh, Stop the run, but I just needed a cheap option at running back. <laughs> yeah, right now I've got Dane Evans, William Powell, Milanovic leader, Braylon Addison, Rashad Bailey, Mario Alford. We need oh, that's a great one too. We need, we need three games in a row with a touchdown. Uh and uh, I got the Ty Cats defense against Ottawa. I think Quan Bray's gonna be a good value this week. RJ Harris it's there's no in between I find there's just massively expensive and then eh, not so inspiring but maybe they'll get you some <laughs> That's points one way to put it yes not so inspiring <laughs> who are your top projected guys this week uh Vernon Adams is 25.8 points in his one start uh against Toronto yes Montreal plays Toronto right yeah. Yeah, okay. It's been so long since we've actually had to talk about Toronto. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, 22.1 in his two starts against Montreal. Cody Fajardo uh, rounds out the top three with 20.9 in two starts against BC. Uh, and when it comes to running back, James Wilder Jr. and William Powell are both over 20. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson at 15.7, Andrew Harris 13.4. Then it's a little bit more of a drop-off to get into Sutton, Rainey, Standback, and those guys in the 10s. Janarian uh, Grant, the one big game he had, puts him at the top of the list. Probably not worth the pick. Uh, Darrell Walker, 20.1. Deron Carter, 19.9. Uh, Braylon Addison, 19.6. Rodney Smith, 17.7. Uh, and if Darvin Adams doesn't play, Brian Burnham at uh, 15.9 points per game. And Quan Bray had 20.1 against Toronto back in August, so maybe that is... Uh... One to watch as well. The t-shirt orders are in. So if you've ordered one, I think everybody's got to check their email. Hey, Ty? Uh, it would help. I sent a couple emails to somebody. I won't call them out. Uh, and because we had sizing issues and stock issues, uh, I couldn't get them anything. So I think I'm just going to have to get them a regular t-shirt. All right. That's what you get. Yep, that's 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 on you, man. <laughs> Two and out live Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack in Calgary is sold out. I do encourage you to go to bookersbarbecue.com and book a table for the afternoon of November 21st as well. So you'll at least be in the bar. We're going to have a blast there on the 21st. If you need any tickets for week 19, seatgiant.ca, use the promo code APN. You're going to save yourself 5% and support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. Hey, maybe you can find your CFL playoff tickets on seatgiant.ca mm -hmm. as well. Canadian owned and operated. Uh, the, the, the money there is Canadian, so no surprise currency conversions. And and if Al Bradbury's refing the Grey Cup game, you can probably find my tickets on there eventually. <laughs> 
And even if you're traveling to the States, you can search SeatGiant.ca. But use that promo code APN to save yourself some cash and support the Alberta Podcast Network. Have yourself a good week 19. We'll be back Monday morning to talk all things CFL. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.